Welcome to Mouse Geek Radio, where your hosts from two coasts, Mallory and Scott, embrace their inner mouse geekdom with you. Welcome to episode 35 of Mouse Geek Radio for the week of September 24th, 2018. I'm your host, Scott Barrett, here with my co-host, Mallory O'Brien. How's it going, Mallory? It's going great. It's officially fall. Woo-woo! Oh, yeah. I love Uh, fall. So, yeah, same. Love the tweener seasons. (laughs) Pumpkin spice and, and brown leaves. Oh, pumpkin everything. And I am a huge fan of Halloween decorations. Yeah? Like cheese ball, gaudy, Halloween decor everywhere. Like when you go to Cracker Barrel. Do you have Cracker Barrels out there? I don't think you do. We do it's not. Like a, no. It's a southeastern thing. <laughs> but um, they have a, an old country store, which is their main source of revenue at this restaurant. And they have a whole section of the most cheesy Halloween stuff out already. And I love it. So do you guys decorate the house? Uh, we do, but not not as much as I'd like to. Gotcha. Because apparently I am lazy. <laughs> so you got uh, you got your Halloween costumes all all prepared for trick or treating. Do you do you wear a costume? I don't ever dress up anymore. Oh heck no, no I don't do that. Um, <laughs> no. I, I when you said that I was like uh, I was like am I a loser? Or no, but <laughs> I, the reason I ask is because like recently we just got a couple of packages in the mail and I guess. Uh, my kids got their costumes already. And, uh, oh, yeah. So it made me think about it. Okay, so this episode, uh, this is going to be a fun one. So this is going to be Things Disney Parks Pros Do. And I think in a lot of our episodes, we have touched on a lot of different things that we do, sort of Disney hacks and how we prepare for trips and what we do during trips uh, that really make the trip go along, go smoothly. And I think uh, tonight we're going to sort of aggregate all that stuff into just some conversations and kind of get it all in one place. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear some of the things that you do, especially on the West Coast, because most of my tips or things that I do involve the way that I would plan a trip to Walt Disney World. So, and I think that we will differ in some of these areas. So, the word pro is definitely subjective, but we're calling ourselves pros because we've been enough times where we feel pretty solid about it. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a solid disclaimer. Uh, not a professional, uh, not legally a professional. Um, <laughs> just someone we are not accredited <laughs> professionals with Walt Disney World going. So any, anything henceforth that doesn't work for you, uh, not our problem. <laughs> Bingo. Don't blame us. Legalese. Uh, so, so you know, we both have trips coming up pretty soon. You have one really soon. And, um, you know, I, I think it'd be great to talk about sort of how you pre-plan for those trips. I think that's a great place to start. Well, um, one of the first things that we do is we try to visit the parks during value season or less crowded times with less heat. So that's number one on my list <laughs> is that I'm I'm definitely going to try to avoid the really hot summer months and avoid the major holidays if possible. So, yeah, that's the number one professional thing that I do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same here, especially uh, if you're going to Disneyland. You know, the summer, it's not nearly, I don't think, as bad as... Uh, is Florida from my experience just because of the humidity kills no, me. No, it's definitely not because we were there in August last year, which should be, you know, the dog days of summer. And we yeah. were not that uncomfortable. It's it not- was hotter in October 
um, you know, a few years ago than it was in August. Yeah, welcome to California. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, I mean, also in New Zealand, there's not a whole lot of off-season anymore. There used to be real um, significant chunks of time that you could point to and say, okay, these three weeks, it's completely dead. But nowadays... There's a lot of locals that go on a daily basis, uh, a lot of people that just get out there. But you're right. The things to avoid are the holidays um, and like school breaks, big time school breaks, spring break, holiday breaks. Um, you know, the people, you know, don't like to take their kids out of school. And, you know, you got, you know, Christmas breaks and Thanksgiving breaks and all those things. Uh, it gets super crowded. Definitely. And even more so, I think, in, in Disneyland because it's yeah. primarily a local park. But um, because some of the some of the smaller holidays are not too bad in Walt Disney World, but for Disneyland, like even something like Columbus Day will be super crowded. Yeah, because, you get a three day weekend, you're it's gonna be a oh, mess. Yes, but for Walt Disney World, Columbus Day, you're not gonna see a huge increase in crowds for something like that. So which is nuts. On this subject, real quick before we move on, how do you know what is off-season or do you use anything that, that – so do you have any calendars you use or any tools that you use that tell you, you know, sort of what crowd levels might be or what, do you just kind of instinctively know at this point? I Well, I do instinctively know, but also it's really easy to just look up rack rates for your hotels. And okay. that gives you the best indicator of when it's going to be the most crowded. You look up the rack rates of – just choose whatever on-site hotel you'd like to stay at. Look up the rack rates or look at the ticket season and it will note value, peak, or regular. And especially the hotels, you'll be able to see very distinct categories based on when you would check in and check out uh, as to what what they expect the crowds will be during those times. Okie dokie. I think that's good advice. That's something I didn't ever really did a whole lot of um, until recently. And you're absolutely right. That's some good information. Um, how about making how about making arrangements? Uh, obviously, you're a travel agent. You do travel stuff. Um, I know with my trips, I tend to not use a travel agent. However, there are times that I kind of wish I did. And I think travel agents, especially if you want to avoid the headaches of making reservations and dining reservations and figuring out travel plans... Uh, I can't recommend travel agents and finding a good one enough. Well, I'm a little biased, but I'm going to agree there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, but I think it's true, right? Especially if you got a big family, you're trying to organize a big trip. You know, we're all busy. We're all working full time. Um, and you're trying to optimize your trip to its absolute fullest. Uh, you know, I recommend getting a travel agent. They don't cost you anything. Um, and you know, you find a good one. They become sort of your travel agent for life. <laughs> It's really nice because I had a travel agent before I became one. Yep. And I used her for years because even though I still enjoyed all the planning aspects, she was, you know, as hands-on or as hands-off as I wanted her to be. And that was great. So she would handle the booking, the financials. I would do my dining and fast pass planning because that was really fun for me. And then if there were any hiccups on the trip or if I had any issues she was quick to address them and it was it was really nice and also I knew that she was gonna get paid <laughs> for her work rather than Disney just keeping that money this is not a secret by the way you know if you book direct with Disney they just keep the travel agent commission percentage yeah. um, and if you book with an agent they will earn that commission percentage so even if you have a friend that you just want to throw them a bone because you like them, I would still book with a travel agent so that somebody else can make a little money. <laughs> That's a good advice. Get your friends rich. Oh, yeah. You're in <laughs> rich, but you might help them a little bit. <laughs> um, so you brought up you brought up um, uh, like dining reservations and fast pass and stuff. I'm kind of I'm thinking, obviously, the next step, once you kind of got your trip planned, the next step is to start thinking about those things, right? Because you got to think of them way ahead of time. Oh, definitely. And one other point I was going to make is Disney pros, if you can swing it, you stay on site, right? Ah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, think, well, I'll just get a hotel, you know, anywhere and it'll be fine. But they don't realize 
what a what a huge difference it makes to stay at a Walt Disney World resort in particular. Yeah. Um, with Disneyland, you definitely get perks staying on site there, but the the gap between a good neighbor hotel and a Disneyland hotel is a little bit smaller than a Walt Disney World resort <laughs> and one of their good neighbor resorts. Yep. Nope. You took the words out of my mouth. It's absolutely true. With Disneyland, it's a little bit different. If you want like the extra, you know. Disney magic amenities and absolutely if you can afford to stay at one of those resorts stay there otherwise there are plenty of nice hotels right across the street very true and and we enjoy those right across the street hotels <laughs> oh absolutely um, you know for us in particular we don't really go back to the hotels too often if at all anymore with the kids because they're older and they just want to stay in the parks and so it, to us it's a bed that's pretty much it yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of great, though. You can save a lot of money that way when your hotel is just a bed. <laughs> when it's just a when bed. You have, yeah, when you have little ones, you end up spending a little bit more money for comfort yep. and for proximity to whatever park you're going to spend the most amount of time in. And it, it can get spendy, but it's worth it in the end. You know, it is. Last time we stayed at Disneyland Hotel, we absolutely loved it. I mean, we just walked out of our hotel tower and down to the pool, and the wife and I had drinks while the kids swam and did water slides. It was it was wonderful. So uh, you know, you're again, like, this is the life. This is the life. If I can afford this every trip, it'd be awesome. I know. They really do spoil <laughs> you because I feel like such a brat whenever I'm like staying off site for a trip. I'm like. I mean, get over yourself. You're still getting to go. You're having fun. I'm like, oh, it would be so nice if we could just, you know, stay here and we could do this. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm a brat. But <laughs> but it's pretty nice. So with Disney World and Disneyland, um, you know, you got to start thinking of things way ahead of time, especially Disney World. Walt Disney World, uh, you know, you start booking your dining, what is it, 180 days in advance? That's correct. So, yeah, Disney Parks pros... They will have already booked their resort stay possibly a full year in advance. Mm -hmm. And once they get to six months or 180 days prior, they have their dining reservations set and ready to go. So they can eat where they want to eat, when they want to eat there. And the real pros have their alarms set for like midnight so they can get up that morning and be one of the first. Because some of those reservations go extremely fast. They do. So, yeah, that's what I do every every day almost. <laughs> I'm up. I'm usually up at, at, you know, 545 Eastern, which is super early on the West Coast, uh, so that I can get uh, dining reservations. And then by the time 7 a.m. rolls around, then it's fast, fast time. Yeah, see, you get up about the time I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's nuts. Um, and then with Disneyland, um, dining isn't so as ex isn't as extreme. It's not you know six months in advance. However, it is two months in advance, sixty days. Uh, so to the date, that's yes. what else is different. Um, because for like Walt Disney World, when you're making dining reservations, it's 180 days plus 10 days if you're staying on property. So. If you're checking in 180 days from now and you're staying for seven nights, you'll be able to plan all your dining reservations in one day. Reserve them all at once. For Disneyland, you're going to have to get on the horn or get in the app every day for the duration of your trip to make those dining reservations. And that is a really good pro tip because that is something I wasn't aware of until my last Disney World trip uh, because I'm so used to doing the Disneyland booking where – we set up what we want, and each day I would go into the app or I'd you know, go online or call the, the dining number and have to do it. But, yeah, with Disney World, doing it all at once was, was awesome. I know. It's so nice. Let's talk about Fast Passes. So, Disney World, uh, you can reserve your Fast Passes 60 days ahead of time. Yes. If you are staying off-site, it's 30 days to the date, just like you would with Disneyland dining reservations. So you're up every morning at 7 a.m. making fast passes. <laughs> there you go. Well, if you care enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but at Disneyland, it's different. Disneyland, you don't get the opportunity to make advanced fast passes. So um, that's a whole different story when you get there. And I think for both coasts, Disney Parks pros are going to choose their fast passes wisely. We're yeah. not going to waste them on attractions that have little to no weight consistently. And that's easy to know just by looking 
in the My Disney Experience app and the Disneyland app, you can look at wait times. If you look at those over the course of two or three days, you'll easily be able to peg, okay, this attraction has long waits. This attraction has long waits. I'm not going to waste my Fast Pass here. I'm going to try to get a Fast Pass for this one here. It's a good point. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we do. We we try to find the attractions that are going to be the longest lines and try to get those fast passes. In Disneyland, it's obviously, you know, Radiator Springs. It's Space Mountain. Um, unfortunately, we don't get one for Peter Pan, so we have to wait in that line. I know. Guardians is another one. Guardians is another one, yep. And Credit Coaster, surprisingly, does not have crazy long waits. You know, it really doesn't. They, they put a lot of people through that ride. They do. I don't think I've ever gotten a fast pass for that attraction. Okay, so... We've got our whole trip set up, so now I guess we can start talking about a little bit about what you do when you get there. Oh, I have to tell you a couple more things I do in the oh, planning stages. Please do. I know. Teach, I know. teach me a wise one. Oh, I don't think it's going to be teaching, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think you'll agree that Disney Parks pros have an idea of the treats that they want while they're there. Ah, <laughs> I think, food. Yeah. Always back to food. Always back to food. And I know this for a fact because I know you've been taking notes for your upcoming trips. I have been, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I am. I'm okay. doing this planning. Yeah. I, unbeknownst to me, I'm doing the planning. Exactly. We listen to podcasts. We watch YouTube videos. We look at blogs, at our friends on Instagram, pictures of the food that they've eaten. And we're like, okay, I got to make a note of that because I'm not going to miss out on that treat. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely, that's true. Um yeah, you're going to you're going to eat all those calories. You want to make sure it's going to be yummy. <laughs> <laughs> and um and the last thing that I do in the planning phase is I plan my must-dos but not anything else. Gotcha. Like remember that you can't possibly do it all. And if you hit the things that you really want to do like your your three fast passes or at Disneyland you have a handful of attractions that you want to do one day, you you jot them down or you put them in your brain and then the rest of it's gravy because otherwise you just get stressed and it becomes robotic and not fun and you have to have some areas of spontaneity on your trip yeah i mean that yeah that goes along the lines of my family's take when we go on these trips is we loosely plan things uh when we go to disneyland it's more like we don't plan things at all. We just kind of figure out, okay, we'll be in this park this day because we're going to make some dining reservations or whatnot. But that's it. And now with Max, with uh, Fast Pass, Fast Pass, uh, Max Pass, sorry, Max Pass, um, you know, I can be in Disneyland and make a reservation for a Fast Pass in the other park if I want to. So I don't have to worry so much about going between the parks back and forth or spending a whole day in one park or whatnot. It just adds some more flexibility to move around. So we can be a little bit more loosey goosey. I love it. All right. So now you get to enjoy yourself. What do you do when you arrive? So when we arrive, well, okay. So I'm going to, one of the things that I would recommend based on personal experience when you arrive, especially at, well, at a Walt Disney World Resort Hotel, like we did last trip, was we immediately, we checked in, we put our bags away. We immediately went down and got, um, oddly enough, refillable mugs. Yeah, dog. Those are awesome. Dude, it, we save so much money with those just on the coffee and the soda alone, uh, just refilling it on a daily basis, starting from the very beginning. And uh, that's one of the first things that we'll probably end up doing the next time we go back. And it's sort of like a thing now. Um, just, again, bringing it back to food, uh, making sure, you know, we got our drinks, grab a cup of coffee and you're ready to go. Always. And for guests who are on any of the Disney dining plans, Every guest in your party will get one of those refillable mugs and they're activated as soon as you go pick it up until you check out. So um, those are super handy and we always carry them around in the parks because if you happen to be at another resort, you can refill at the other resorts too and um, love it because unfortunately I need coffee, I need soda, so... Yeah. drinks all day long need that caffeine that's oh, what it comes down to they're caffeine caffeine mugs yeah caffeine mug that's that's pretty it's pretty straight <laughs> <laughs> um so for us the, the next thing we think about in 
again back to Disney World because I think in Disneyland it's it's much different is uh, transportation. How are you going to get from your resort to the parks? How are you going to get from one park to the other? Obviously in Disneyland it's all about walking. Uh, whether you're coming from a Disney resort or you're coming from a hotel across the street or even up the street, sometimes you can take a shuttle if you're really far away. But it all comes down to walking. But in Disney World, it's a lot different. And there's a lot of choices, right? There's the buses, there's the monorail, there are boats, there's Uber and Lyft, there are the minivans, there's walking. Uh, how do you go about, what are your suggestions around that? Well, first of all, Walt Disney World Parks pros know to plan for at least an hour of transportation time to everywhere um, because that's a pretty standard unit of time unless you're talking I'm staying at the Contemporary and I'm walking to Magic Kingdom that's really that's really the only <laughs> time where it's not like that and same with Beach Club and Epcot but uh, so yeah you want to you want to allow that amount of time regardless of where you're going and as far as how you plan your transportation my, you know, pro tips are always take Disney transportation to Magic Kingdom. Don't attempt to, you know, drive Uber, Lyft, um, because you will not get to be dropped off at the front of the park. Where do they you drop can, you off at? Um, at the Transportation and Ticket Center. You can uh. Uber or Lyft to the Contemporary and walk from there. So that's another option if you're worried about like making a super early dining reservation or something um, but then they also offer the minivan service and those can drop off at the front entrance um, and they have two car seats in them so it's it's likely worth it for like a larger family especially if you have a couple of kiddos um, but yeah that's another option yeah that can get expensive though like if you're trying if you want to like park hop, right, and you got a family and you want to use those, I mean, that costs you a lot of money. Yeah. So that's why you just allow for that 60 minutes of time to go where you need to go. And for resort to resort, you either need to allow 60 to 90 minutes or use a rideshare service. And that's what I prefer. Yeah. If you are staying at Pop Century Resort and you have dinner at the Polynesian, get an Uber or a Lyft and take that, you will save probably an hour's time worth of time by doing that. Gotcha. I think that's good advice. Um, and then as a, as, a, as a dad, remembering my trip to Disney World with the kids that were younger, if you did, you know, if you were on a budget, um, you know, yeah, take the bus <laughs> system, use the buses until that last trip back home, like when the kids are just white, then pay for a, a ride back so you don't have to wait for an hour or two with everybody trying to get out and back to the resorts. So true, so true. And if you're at Magic Kingdom trying to get out of there, walk over to the Contemporary and get one from there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, so that's that's kind of handy. Like if, it, if it's just a mob, <laughs> that's it's nice to just walk over there and grab an Uber or a Lyft or a minivan or whatever. Okay, so getting to the parks, we figured out. Now we're there. I like I like to get to the parks really early, right? These parks, a lot of them, especially Disneyland, they'll open the gates early and then like do a rope drop from within the park, so you can start getting into the park ahead of time, which is kind of nice. Um, like DCA, you can get into down towards Grizzly Air, uh, not uh, Grizzly. It's not even Condor Flats anymore. Oh, the name is escaping me. Um, over by uh, Soren, but like you know. Uh, Disneyland, you get partway down Main Street, and you just you can kind of get in. You can go get breakfast, get coffee, whatever, before the park actually physically opens, where you can start riding attractions. So get there early, and there's always a lot of lines to get in too, especially in Disneyland. Getting in oh, can yeah. take some time. Getting in can take could take easily a half hour to an hour, depending on how many people are there, what the security lines look like. Uh, so get there super early and start the day off. Um, while the sun's down and while you're fresh and then uh, you know you can head back in the afternoon to your hotel if you need a nap exactly you said basically everything I mean you want you want to be at the turnstiles at least 30 minutes prior to official park opening and I mean the actual touch point or turnstile I don't mean security because that's going to take time as well so for like Walt Disney World you want to be on a bus or boat or whatever an hour before 
official park opening so that you can be through security and through the touch point 30 minutes before so you can chill out like you said watch the you know magic kingdom entrance show or whatever and then you're in place in line to head to your first super headliner attraction which is my next point is we we do the super headliners first we don't, you know, run to the tiki room. We <laughs> we race to space or we dash to splash. <laughs> Ooh, I like those. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. We do the same thing at Disneyland. We typically run to Space Mountain, grab a fast pass, and then jump on the ride because the line's pretty small. Um, we do that now. When we had small kids, um, one of the things that we found that worked out really well, sort of a part, uh, you know, a pro tip, is that hit Fantasyland early in the morning. It's not super crowded. Um, you know, you can find stroller parking and start walking around with your, with your young your young ones and, you know, hit a lot of attractions with them before the lines get super big and before the sun comes out. Excellent tip. Fantasyland in the morning is about a million times better than Fantasyland in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasyland yeah. in the afternoon is like a nightmare to me. <laughs> I avoid it at all costs. And um, <laughs> not, I'm not just talking about uh, I'm mostly talking about Walt Disney World here because, sure. it, I mean, it's rough at Disneyland, but at Walt Disney World, the most strollers I've ever seen in my life around <laughs> two o'clock in Fantasyland. And there it's just it's sticky. It's smelly. There are a million people walking around, stepping on each other's feet. It's just such a bottleneck. And I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> so Fantasyland in the morning is just that is key. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. If we did Fantasyland, I think we did Fantasyland closer to dusk last time we were there, and it seemed okay. But yeah, yeah not bad. Wasn't too bad. No, the afternoon. It's like from around noon to four. Just stay far, far away. But so, um, obviously, we well, we probably should have talked to this prior to getting to the parks, but. Um, we obviously, you know, based on the time of the year that we're going to the parks and which coast we're going to, you have to plan appropriately the clothes that you're going to wear. Oh, yeah. Right? So, um, like, you guys are going down to Disneyland here in the fall. What kind of plans do you have for that, or how do you approach that? I I typically, I don't pack until we're about right at a week to 10 days out because I, I think Southern California weather is a little bit finicky in October, Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll have just this crazy heat wave and, and sometimes it'll be a little more cool, but it's almost always cooler in the evenings. You know, it can really drop, you know, swing maybe 15, 20 degrees. So layers, always got to have layers. <laughs> and then for Walt Disney World, you can you can get a pretty good prediction of what the weather's going to be like all week just by checking the weather a week or more before you go assume for rain for all of summertime (laughs) yeah assume you're gonna hit rain from like you know mid-may to um the end of september bring ponchos bring shoes that you don't mind getting wet and and then for the rest of the time yeah layers again gotcha yeah the ponchos is a good idea we uh highly recommend that you know go to amazon and buy a you can get a package of 10 cheap ponchos for a really cheap price for like the price of one poncho at disney world so bring them if you can they they fold up real small it's cheap if it rips you got you know 10 more it's not a big deal um we did that on our last trip worked out extremely well and uh you're right yeah bring extra shoes that was a thing we didn't do and we got uh you know we got a little bit hit by that we had some kids with uh, with very wet feet for a couple of days yeah, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. It's definitely something Disney Parks pros are going to take care of their feet. Uh, you walk more at Disney Parks than you would ever think you could. When you look down at your Apple Watch or your Fitbit, you're like, wow, I just walked 11 miles today. How in the world? <laughs> you know, like that's not uh, – unless you're, uh, you know, a runner or, <laughs> or whatever, that's a lot more than most people walk in a day. So um, – Definitely take care of your feet. Bring bandages. Bring moleskin. Bring a couple of different types of shoes that are already broken in and um, rotate them. Because if you feel like you're getting a hot spot in one of your, you know, one of your pairs of shoes, d- try a different pair of shoes later on, <laughs> you know? Yep. S- spread the love. 
So I can't speak for Disney World, but another sort of Disneyland pro tip that I recommend is um, based on this. You know, obviously you're going to have some sort of backpack or whatnot. If if you like to stay at the parks all day long, like my family does, we typically pack. And you're right. In California, at nighttime, they can get very cold um, depending on the time of the year compared to what it is during the day. We will, you know, pack sweatshirts and, and whatnot. But as soon as we get in the park, we will um, we'll go to a locker, get a locker, store your stuff. You can go back to it anytime you want. The park is small enough to where you can get back there within a matter of 10 minutes from almost anywhere in the park. Um, your stuff's always there. You don't have to carry it around. Um, so I highly recommend the lockers. Yeah, that's awesome. If you're spending all day long, locker is an excellent tip. Uh, another thing we like to bring for especially cold nights or if we know we're going to do a nighttime parade or show is uh, bringing a towel, not necessarily something, you know, huge, but a, a smaller towel that you can either lay across your lap if you're cold or sit on the ground on the towel if you want. It's there's just always comes in handy to have a towel. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend that. And then I think we've talked before about other things that we pack. We definitely bring external batteries for our electronic devices. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah, make sure you got cables and batteries for sure. And most other things that you need can be found at the first aid stations within the parks. Like if there were, if you needed medication or uh, bug spray or band-aids or anything like that, they can most likely take care of those things. That's a good point. We've used them a couple of times. Uh, they come in handy. So, you know, know where they are. <laughs> Look on your maps before you go. Um, that's a big thing, too. Like, if you don't go very often, know where, know, you know, learn the maps, learn the parks. You don't want to spend time standing around trying to figure out where something is or, you know, like if you need someone gets cut and you need a Band-Aid, where's the, the first aid station? Or you're looking for a restaurant because you have a reservation, you don't know where to go, you don't want to be late, you know. So definitely if you don't know the parks, know them. And that was a that was a thing for us. Like I didn't really know Animal Kingdom and we spent some we spent probably more time than we should have, you know, trying to figure out where we we're going and where how to get there. And um, I, I will never do that again. I was an unpro on that trip. Uh, and uh, even as a pro, I still get turned around in that park because it's giant. <laughs> it is I giant. mean, um, it so all looks the same. <laughs> I know every and, and everything's, you know, covered with, you know, trees and everything. So you can't really look for landmarks to figure out where you are in the park. So yeah. my pro tip would be use the My Disney Experience app, uh, which has real time walking directions to everything. Um, and that's really handy. Just like if you were using Google Maps, but you're using it within the park. And um, and it'll direct you and tell you the fastest way to get to the next point. Man, I can't wait to use that that attract, that um, application in, in a park. It's going to be awesome. I haven't done it yet. It's so excited. nice. But that is an excellent tip. You know, Disney pros, they have familiarized themselves with the parks. They take a look at the maps before they go in there. And this is another thing Disney pros do with special events and um, festivals. Like a, a Disney Parks pro is going to look through the food and wine festival pamphlet before they show up. They're going to get a Mickey's Not So Scary or Very Merry Christmas Party pamphlet and they're going to read through the map and look at what special activities are offered so that they make the best use of their time. Yep. yep. And you, can, you can ask for those any day. A lot of people don't know that, that even if you're not attending Mickey's not so scary, you can go to city hall and say, Hey, do you have any Mickey's not so scary maps? And they'll give you one and you can study it for the party. Maximize your, uh, Maximize your treat intake. That's what I say. Exactly. Find the best trick-or-treat stations. So speaking of treats, I have to, we have to talk about food. We haven't talked about food Duh. in like 20 minutes, so we got to talk about food. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we, I think over many episodes, have talked about food and ways we deal with food. And, uh, you know, earlier this episode, we talked about making sure you got your dining reservation set, um, you know, thinking about what you want to snack on, things like that. But I think there's some other small little things that, you know, we should touch on that I think pros do and, and will help your experience. One for us being that we typically shift our lunchtime to like 
later in the afternoon. We'll eat around two, maybe three o'clock, um, depending on you know our dinner reservations. We'll typically make our dinner reservations maybe a little bit later, or we'll make them earlier and we'll just kind of snack and not eat a lunch. But moving it to later in the afternoon allows us to sort of avoid the normal crowds of lunch who people who like to eat around noon one o'clock and sometimes they can get super crowded oh definitely uh, that's a really good tip so uh have you done mobile ordering yet for food yes like number one pro tip right <laughs> okay i haven't done it yet so tell me a little bit about it mobile ordering basically lets you uh, within the app select the items you want to eat, order it through your phone, pay for it through your phone, and then when you show up to the restaurant, you just check a box that says, I'm here, and they prepare the meal fresh for you. And then you'll get a notification that says, your order's ready at the pickup window. Come get it. It's so easy. Interesting. So it's a little different than like Starbucks where they make it and it just sits there and waits for you. They actually wait for you to show up and you say, I'm here. Now, I haven't done this at Disneyland. I okay. think Disneyland is slightly different. I think they give you a a window of time that you will be there to pick up your food. Oh, man, that is super. I mean, that just saves so much time. You can be in line ordering your lunch. You don't have to go stand in a line and wait, and your kids are cranky, and it's so nice. It is incredibly nice. And, um, yeah, I... I don't think there's any reason to not use it, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, more food. Let's talk more food. So one Let's. of the things I brought up on several occasions uh, in the past, uh, you know, you, we love the uh, breakfast buffets, typically at Disneyland. Uh, we haven't done any at Disney World, but at Disneyland, we love the Minnie and Friends breakfast. And one of the things we love to do is bring some Ziploc bags and kind of sneak out some Mickey waffles to snack on throughout the day if we can. <laughs> I live for that tip. Uh, <laughs> it's like my great. favorite. <laughs> uh, it's great. And I'll tell you, you know, you got a kid in a stroller, man, there's nothing better than handing him a Mickey waffle and they just kind of gnaw on it for, for an hour. I mean, it's wonderful. Um, but, you know, along with that, you know, pack your own snacks, too. You know, if you don't want to buy snacks in the park, they can get expensive. Uh, you want certain healthy snacks. You have specific dietary needs. You know, make sure you bring your own snacks. Pack them and bring them. Disney Parks pros know that you can bring food, outside food, into the parks. A lot of people don't know that. They assume it's going to be like a, I, I don't know, like an NCAA stadium or something where you can't bring any outside liquids or gels or food or anything. You could bring a whole Thanksgiving meal if you want to in there. <laughs> um, so if, especially if you have kiddos or somebody with really serious dietary restrictions or someone who's incredibly picky and, you know, every day at two o'clock they need their fruit snacks, then bring the fruit snacks. I mean, yeah. Uh, the only thing that you can't bring in is alcohol and glass, but everything else is fair game. There you go. Yeah, the fruit snacks. That's a big one. I like my fruit snacks. Oh, who doesn't? Man. But you got to keep them cool. They get warm and, and kind of gooey. Not good. But you um, snacks, have you tried right? Black Forest fruit snacks? I have not. They have like a little bit of like this fruit juice inside. Not Ooh. as much as a gusher. And it's not incred incredibly tart. Um, but these are, oh, so good. So juicy. Get them. On my list. Awesome. Um, do you have any pro tips around water? Obviously, hydrating and being hydrated while you're in the parks, especially in the summer in Disney World, is very important. Um, I Yeah, well, exactly what you said. All the counter service locations will give you a cup of ice water anytime you want. We always have some sort of you know vacuum stainless steel mug with us that's leak-proof that we can just refill throughout the day. And uh, so that when we're standing in line... We're, we can remind ourselves, oh, we need to drink some more water. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And I think I remember you saying a few times, uh, avoid the Disney World water fountains. <laughs> oh, man. Avoid the Disney World water fountains. Avoid getting water at Aloha Isle in Adventureland because it tastes like what Pirates of the Caribbean smells like. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> like, did you get this out of there? Because that's what it tastes like. <laughs> All right, who's dipping their mug in the pirate's water? Uh, a couple oh, other funny. like food-related tips that yeah. I would have is if uh, a Disney Parks pro who is on the dining plan is not going to waste their credits on their snack credits on like bottled drinks and chips, 
Like <laughs> that is just such, such a waste of money. You can get your bottled drinks and chips at your resort, you know, sent to you Amazon Prime or bring it with you or whatever. Don't use them on things that you can buy at Walmart. Use them on the the higher dollar treats that you're getting that are special and unique to the parks. That's a good point. Maximize your return on investment. Always. Make your belly happy. Um, and another thing that Disney Parks pros do is we don't just stay in the parks all the time when it comes to dining and exploring. We resort hop. We dine at Disney Springs. We dine at the other resorts. You don't have to be staying at that resort to eat there. We enjoy the lounges and the bars and we you know, look at the pool areas so that we can see, hey, maybe next time we, we might like to stay there. We go look at the decorations. We enjoy the things outside of the parks. That's a great point. That's something I didn't know uh, until later in my vacationing career at Disney World is that you, you can go to the other resorts. It's totally fine. You can go in there. They don't care. It's not a big deal. They understand. You can get you can eat there or whatever. Um, you know, in Disneyland, you typically kind of don't do that. Like you don't really go to the Disneyland Hotel to go look at the Disneyland Hotel. You know, it's different, right? It's a different experience. When yeah. So um, that's a good one, especially for folks who don't go to Disney World often or who are sort of Disneyland folks. Uh, looking to go to Disney World. Um, so we've talked about like hydration and food and all that. Um, another thing that I, I want to touch on is sort of staying cool, right? That prolongs your awesome experience in these parks, especially during during hot days. Um, you know, you're outside a lot. We tend to, I try, we, you know, my family tries to find ways to stay cool. And, you know, some of the, the pro tip ways that we've got is like we've got our go-tos right we're in disneyland we're in the art of animation we're in tiki room we maybe we jump into the frozen live show which is like a good 15 20 minutes in air conditioning you know um try to find ways that you can get out of the sun into air conditioning but still enjoy yourselves you know disney world it was you know we jumped in small world a bunch of times we went into mickey's film magic country band jamboree etc so you, you know you find shows and you find um, inside attractions or attractions where at least the lines are air conditioned and under undercover, right? Exactly. And that is sort of related to we take breaks. Yeah. And whether that be leaving the park to go back to your resort and swim or nap, which is what we really like to do in the middle of the day, or we take, you know, sort of mental breaks <laughs> by, and, and heat breaks by going into the different stores or attractions like you're talking about. Disney Parks Pros, we don't we don't go hard from you know the first time we get there to the end of the evening. We we got to take breaks somehow somewhere or everybody's going to have a meltdown. Oh yeah, even mom and dad. Especially mom and dad. Oh, probably me more than anyone. <laughs> and I need you know my my feet, they need a break. Our hey. skin needs a break from the sun. Uh, everybody needs a break and especially for little kids they need a break from stimuli yeah because there's just so many sounds and colors and smells and sugar <laughs> um, they've just got to get away from it for a little while so they can remember who they are for a second because <laughs> I think they forget <laughs> they become these <laughs> cave people <laughs> we just keep going and going and going <laughs> um, um. Go yeah. ahead. Nope, you first, please. Oh, uh, another tip I have for Walt Disney World is pros will always take advantage of the rolling fourth Fast Pass Plus if they can. Ah, good one. That's something that, especially new guests, often don't even know exists. They think you get three Fast Passes and then you're done. Not true. Once you get your, once you use your third Advanced Fast Pass, you can make a fourth at any park especially if you have a, you know, a park hopper pass. I didn't know this one until we had a conversation and I'm glad you told me before I went on my last trip because <laughs> we ended up using it. We, we got on space mountain an extra time because we, we knew about that and uh, you're absolutely right. It's not something that comes, that's, you know, naturally thought of you figure, all right, I made my reservations for fast pass and we're going to go through them. And that's that. Yeah. You're never done. Uh, pros are using that app constantly. Well, talking about maximizing those experiences, do you have any pro tips, especially you, you have the little one, 
uh, with character meet and greets? So, you know, my number one pro tip is if your child has a favorite character or two, just book a character meal. Like, <laughs> you, um, they're, they're not cheap, but you can knock out at least, you know, three or four of their favorites in a character dining experience. And at Disneyland, you do, you know, Minnie's breakfast, you got like nine that you're yeah. knocking out. <laughs> and, you know, Disney knows that people will pay to meet characters, and so they charge you for it. <laughs> and um, for the most part, all the meals are pretty good, uh, and that character interaction is really fun because they come to your table and they spend time with just you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that would be my, my first tip is character dining. Yeah, I think that's a great tip, and that one has always served us well. And yes, it is a little expensive, but, you know, getting your kid the opportunity to meet a tremendous amount of characters one-on-one without the pressure of a line behind you or waiting in line. They're more, they're comfortable waiting and it's just a wonderful experience. Plus you get, yeah, you do get some decent food and maybe some food you can throw in a Ziploc bag for later. I know I'm bringing gallon Ziploc bags. <laughs> You're just going to be at the, uh, at the buffet, <laughs> the buffet stand with, with a big old plastic bag, just taking plates and dumping them in. I can see. I want to get like screw on top ones for like sauces and syrup and stuff. <laughs> uh, ma'am. <laughs> hey, I heard it was a pro tip. I'm doing it. Hey, <laughs> fill it up. Don't ask questions. A couple of things that have helped us in regards to like souvenirs um, that you may or may not know about. Uh, one is when you buy souvenirs and you're staying on property, you can have it sent to your room. You don't have to carry them around the park. Love. That's actually that, one of the things that I was going to touch on. So, okay. Yeah. You that's got a it, big, man. That, that's a big deal. Um, you know, your, your kids buy something big. They want a big stuffed animal. They want, you know, who knows what it is. They want one of those, you know, dragon, I can't remember the names, but the dragon characters and, out of uh, you know Avatar Land or something, and they don't want to carry it around anymore. You can have it shipped, you know, have it shipped to your to your room. Banshee or an Ekron. Banshee, there. You, I, yes, my kids would kill me because they each have one, and if I they got on me when I forgot the name last time. So love them. I'm glad yeah. they don't listen to the show. <laughs> um, the other thing is when you buy souvenirs in the parks, you know, keep the receipts. Um, if you know you buy something in the park and you're walking around and it breaks or it fails or you buy one of those spinny light things and it stops working five minutes in, you know you can get a replacement. They will replace it for you. They're very good about that. We've had to do it a couple of times. We've gone to City Hall and they'll just yeah no problem. You know and they we just go re- we go to the back to the Emporium and they replace whatever we bought. It's nice. Oh, such a good tip. And also for me who I get easily get buyer's remorse all the time. I'll, I'll buy something and then I get to another store and I'm like, crap, that's, I should have gotten that instead. And I'm like, ah, can I exchange this? Um, and they're great. They are. The customer service is outstanding when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. They don't want, you know, they, a lot of their revenue is from merchandise. So they don't want guests leaving upset about a merchandise issue. Correct. Um, Another thing that I think most Disney Parks pros do is we like to talk to cast members and other guests. We like to socialize with the people who are in the parks, especially with cast members. They can make some serious magic happen. So if you just ask them how their day is going, ask them you know, where they're from, talk to them a little bit, who knows, they might hand you a, an extra fast pass or they might give your kid a balloon or you might just learn something really neat from them and um, I think a lot of people forget that cast members have a lot of um, magic um, that's at their discretion <laughs> uh, so you know strike up conversations with them yeah that's a good one we've done that a few times and it's benefited us in so many ways and not just like oh we got a free fast pass or something but I remember you know my kid being sad and you know getting some private time with Dopey and the art of animation um but you know they're you know they're people who most of the time the cast members that I've talked to they love Disney and they love working there and you start talking to them and you find out little maybe hidden nuggets or just you know a little bit about someone who's really unique and is into the same things you are I only have a couple of other things that I do. How about you? Uh, I've got, I mean, I've got, I could go on forever, but. Uh, I know, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let you bang out those two. And I've got one last thing that I'll bring up at the very kind of end. Okay. Um, we 
talked about this a couple episodes ago. We avoid the gross bathrooms. That's what pros do. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't go to, <laughs> we don't go to the nasty bathrooms. We don't go to the crowded bathrooms. We plan our potty breaks. <laughs> plan your um, potty breaks, yeah. <laughs> and then another thing that pros do is we look for Easter eggs or hidden Mickeys. Uh, we, we slow down. We pay attention to some of the details and we enjoy them. That sort of falls in line with the last thing I wanted to touch on is like, enjoy yourself, slow down. Like you said, look at the details. Um, you know, the experiences of the parks, it's not always, it's not, it should not be always about which rides you're going to ride or maybe which meal you're going to have, you know, sit down, enjoy the time with your family, watch people, listen to the sounds, smell the air. There's just so much more um, at these parks to I don't know, touch your senses than the things that are obvious. 100%. Yeah. People watching in Disney parks is so freaking fun. <laughs> oh, man. There are so many unique people out there. I love it. I love it all. I love, I will create narratives watching a certain family. <laughs> I will create like, well, okay, that guy, I think he's an attorney. And I think that one, <laughs> and I will just, I'll sit there and I'll come up. And I do that everywhere. I do that when I go to restaurants, even at home or anything. I'm like, okay, I sure. know what that guy does. And that, that son, I bet his name is, is Joe. And I bet, <laughs> yeah, that's fun for me. <laughs> no, it's absolutely. I can remember sitting in a restaurant in Disney World with a friend of mine. And we looked around at different people eating at different places. And we made up stories like, oh, this couple here is fighting. Or this couple here, you know, look at that couple. They haven't talked to each other in 10 minutes or this couple's on their phones or this family, you know, is like awesome because their kids are so well behaved or, you know, and who knows, right? It's, it's, it's what we do as humans. It's fun. I love it. There's just so much detail. Uh, people, I think, I think most people miss a lot of it, you know, whether it's, like you said, attractions, it's, it's sounds, it's, you know, paintings on the wall, posters, whatever it is. There's just so much, so much. I think we are some really professional people. Uh, we are. <laughs> legally, we're not saying we are, but yes, we are. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode of Mouse Geek Radio. You can connect with us by visiting mousegeekradio.com or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Mouse Geek Radio. Also, if you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to click that subscribe button to be notified when we post a new show. And if you'd leave us a review and rating on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to contact either of us personally, you can find Scott on Twitter at ST Barrett, and you can find me on Twitter at Mallory O'Brien. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.